Welcome to this week's edition of Debriefing the Law. I am Joel Oster. I am Chris Marone. Hey, Chris. Uh, we are getting up earlier and earlier. I have no idea how you can get up this early. We are now recording at, what, 6 a.m. Kansas City time. It's got to be 5 a.m. your time. And it's sure right after the Kansas City Chiefs debacle last night. So I'm not sure I really got any rest last night. I was so, you know, torn over, should I, should I go find a cliff? Should I find a bridge to drive off of? What, what should I do here with my life? But we're going to unpack that game in just a bit. But first, we got to deal with the pressing news of always. This is Turkey Week. And are you getting ready to prepare your turkey? I am. I, not only am I getting ready for my turkey, I'm getting ready for my turkey bowl game. What is the so turkey got, bowl game? Have you never done a turkey bowl game? That's where you get a bunch of out of shape, has been wannabe dudes. Okay. We go down to some high school field and we play uh, around 30 minutes of football using the frozen turkey as the ball. What? It, yeah. The and frozen it's turkey. Yep. I assume you guys have not adopted the forward pass. Uh, we've tried. We've, there's, I have a distinct advantage playing rugby in my younger years, so I know how to do the lateral. I get really this well. being rugby, yes. Yeah, but nope, we try to do American football style, full contact, and we get about a twelve pound bird. It's not one of the like twenty five pound birds. We get about a twelve pounder, and we try to throw it around and and all sorts. It's just it's just a way to, you know, we laugh a lot. We we get away from our family for a few a few good hours, and it's a fun time, man. The turkey bowl is a good game. And then do you prepare that turkey? No, it goes in the trash. It's it's usually like the the package gets ripped off. It like it gets it gets gross quick. Oh my goodness! Well, that is that is yeah. amazing. My Salmonella back, abound. My back is yeah. already hurting just even thinking about it. But it does <laughs> sound like a lot of fun. No, I am preparing for for Turkey Day. Uh, actually, I'm already yeah. done with my turkey, but I'm I'm eating my leftovers. And I wanted to start oh. off here by talking about how you prepare your turkey because I I yeah. think I have now stumbled on the right approach to preparing your turkey. Uh, and so let's talk about smoking a turkey. So Chris, I, I know I've asked you this before, but how do you prepare your turkey? It depends, Joel. One year we deep fried it. One year we, I mean, we've done the oven thing, right? Where you stuff it full of crap and you put it in the oven and you let the little thing pop out. Can we um, agree yeah. the oven thing should not happen? I, I, I shouldn't even, I hesitate yeah. to say this, but if you invite me over to your place, and mm -hmm. you are putting your turkey in the oven. I don't care how you do it. Oh, it's a brown bag. No, I, I will be disappointed. I will be saying, please say you have a lot of gravy because you're going to need that gravy to cover up that dry turkey. Is is that for, can we at least agree there that turkey out of the oven is a disappointment? You, um, I've had some really good turkeys out of the oven. Now, I'm not going to say that it is the top tier Super Bowl champion of turkeys. I'm saying it is the like NFC championship game of turkeys where, you know, one team is usually pretty good and that's the Niners and the other team is really bad, but still gets the win. And that's the Eagles. So like, I feel like there's always a better Turkey to be had out there, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, some people love oven baked turkeys and I'm oven not, I'm not, here, to is, I'm not here to yuck it. Oven baked nope. turkeys is why God created gravy because that way you put on a mm. pile of gravy and mashed potatoes and stuffing. And so, no, yeah. I mean, it, it's Thanksgiving. And so it, it can't yep. be bad. You're just trying to have a tryptophan overdose. You can fall asleep oh, during the football so games, but no, the right way to do it is to smoke it. And uh, my brother's father-in-law smoked the Turkey and it was amazing. And ever since I had that smoked Turkey, I was one over, but it took me mm -hmm. a while to actually stumble on a, an approach to, to smoking the Turkey in, in the way that I like it. And this year, I think I finally, finalize the, the right way to do it. Now, if you're thinking, if you, if you know me and my Turkey history, you're thinking, Joel, mm -hmm. it, it took you 15 years to figure out how to smoke it. it. Sometimes science, you, man, you only, science. you only cook it once a year. You, 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 you can't get it right, right away. So see, that's your downfall. You only think it's a once a year thing. I'm, I'm going to do Turkey five, six, seven, eight, nine times a year. We may do it once a month until I get that smoking recipe, right? Well, because that game day on game day, 
on yes. the turkey day. Let's talk I'm about how sure. you smoke your turkey. First of all, the, the size of the turkey is extremely important. And if you think okay, you need to use it. a 12-pound turkey to play turkey football, that's the same size you need to smoke. Don't go with the big turkey. There are health really? reasons why. For number one, apparently there's a big thing about turkeys that how quickly you bring it up to 140 degrees. And the bigger mm -hmm. the turkey is, if it's outside, it's going to be a lot harder to bring that turkey up to that, that critical temperature to get out of the whole food poisoning bacteria stage. Yep. And so the That's smaller important. turkey gets up to the temperature quicker. That's, I guess, important, though I don't think I've ever had food poisoning, so I'm not sure it didn't pack. My stomach must be made of steel. I don't know. There you go. But... Uh, it's also important for the smoking because if you wanted to incorporate the smoked flavor, the bigger the turkey is, you're just not going to get to the inside of that turkey with the, the flavor. So Makes sense. 11 to 12 pounds is what you want to do. Brining is essential. You have okay. to brine your turkey. Now, I have brined my turkey for, for two days and I've brined it for six hours. I can't tell you what the right uh, amount of time is to brine your turkey. I, I saw okay. in a recipe this week that you should only brine it for six hours if it's a 12-pound turkey. I doubled that and went for uh, 12 hours on brining that turkey. Okay. And everyone said it was amazing. They said it's the best turkey that I had, I had made in quite some time. I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult, but whatever. Uh, no. Maybe my other turkey was really it independent? Bad. Was it an independent panel of turkey judges, or was it your family that loves you? It was my family, but they're not. Yeah, yeah, they, they love me. They're, no, but but my <laughs> son, I can tell because if they go for seconds, if, if there's turkey left over, that's mm -hmm. that's not a good sign. And, and so you right. want the turkey gone. Well, in this situation, the turkey was gone, and so that's that's a good sign, right? They they that's finished the entire turkey, but then again, it was only twelve pounds. But right, so you you brine it for for six to twelve hours, depending upon. Uh, how salty you like your meat. I did it for 12 hours. I don't think it was that long. Again, some people say if you brine it too long, you lose the turkey flavor. The juices kind of go out there and it becomes more okay. just a salt water kind of flavor. I'm not sure there is such a thing as turkey flavor. I think it's always just salt and gravy. But but I did brine it for, for 12 hours. I'm telling you, I like the resulting turkey. Good. And here's the other thing I did. So I, I, I smoked two turkeys. I, I put it in the, the smoker. I have a pellet smoker. I put it on 225. I stuck my meat thermometer in their turkey. I did one upside down and I did one right side up. So breast side down and breast side up. Now, why do you not want to do it breast side down? If you do your turkey breast side down, it is one ugly bird when you get it out. It is... <laughs> It's not look good. It is deformed. You will not be putting out any platter, you know, on the middle, in the middle of the table. And now let's carve the turkey. You're not going to do that. It is one ugly bird. And wait, so wait, wait. you carve the turkey from the table. I do not. We were going to get there and do and say, okay. should you carve the turkey from the table? Because that's how all the cartoons and TV shows Hard do. No. They, have, they have a big Hard turkey no. in the middle and some guy is carving it and handing out the pieces. No, you can't. You do. You can't do that. There's too much crap in the, dude. You got to cut the turkey back at the counter where you have more utility and more space, and then put it all on a platter. Yeah. You don't need to have that iconic shot of me like cutting into the breast. You need it. Yeah, man. And I'm not even cutting, man. I'm using gloves and I'm just ripping that turkey off the breast. Like you're not getting. You got to dig into slaps. the turkey, man. You just got to right, dig into on. it. Yeah. Wa wash your hands, get gloves, whatever, and just right. dig into that turkey and have no one else in the room because you don't want to see how the sausage is made. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's bad. So um, I, I I I did two turkeys, one breast side up and one breast side down. Here's mm -hmm. the other thought behind that: the dark meat is the meat that actually has the more juices, and the white meat tends oh, yeah. to dry out. So if you do it breast side down, the dark meat juices are now, you know, going through the white meat as it's cooking. And so the idea is maybe you get a little bit more juicy uh, bird at the end of the process. So I did, I did it both ways for the exact amount of time, Chris. I'm okay. going to tell you there was no difference. Both of the oh. turkey I did breast side up and the turkey I did breast side down were the exact same amount of juiciness. I think the brining is way more important. If I'm going to put a scale of importance mm -hmm. on what you have to do to get a juicy turkey, step number one is brining. Okay. Step number two is brining. 
Step number okay. three, four, and five of Bryony. And then six, maybe we get to whether you have a breast side up or breast side down. Uh, and then, of course, don't overcook your bird. But well, brining is so important. If you want a juicy turkey, you got to brine it. And then also don't put it in the oven. All right, so, so I brined it uh, for, for, for 12 hours. I stuck it in the smoker. And I had my meat thermometer in there. I probably got that, that turkey done. I kid you not, in about four hours. That's all it oh, took. Nice. 225 degrees on my smoker. And it's a Traeger, so uh -huh. I'm pretty sure the, the temperature was correct. I yep. coated it with olive oil on the outside so you get that nice, you know, golden kind of yep. look that you want on your smoked turkey. Not too black. So I, I put it in there for four hours. Once the turkey got to 165 degrees, I pulled it off. And here's the next critical thing you got to do. You wrap it up. I, I wrapped the entire thing okay. really tightly in tinfoil. I set it off to the side and I let it sit for three hours. Wow. You got to do it. Wow. So you did a total cook time, total smoke time, cook time of seven hours for a 12 pound bird. Yes. Now the okay. the reason why you gotta let it sit in this in the side. Now mm -hmm. it's it's critical for one hour, but I I did it for three because well obviously some of my family members who listen to this podcast were you know they, they showed up a little bit later. But that being said, oh. I think they actually Thanks. texted me on midway through the cooking process saying, oh yeah, we we're going to stop by and do another appointment. We'll be by an hour later, which is fine, which is fine. Yeah. It's just that the turkey was already in the process and I couldn't start it an hour later. But the reason why you want the bird to sit for, for several hours mm -hmm. is the juices then get redistributed throughout the meat. If you okay. cut into it too quickly, the juices go right out, out of that bird and it goes right down your sink. You, you've lost the juices. So you got to let the bird sit. It's the juice. Yes. It's got the juice. It's all about the juice. So. I let it sit for three hours, and then one bird I actually put, because I did two, because I wanted one for leftovers. So I actually mm -hmm. wrapped one up and stuck it in my fridge I love for that. 24 hours. And, and then last mm -hmm. night, I ate the one that I put in the fridge for, for 24 hours, and it, it was perfect. I mean, when I cut off those nice. slices, every very thin slice of breast was very, very juicy and had a lot of flavor. Mm. And so now I, this is my approach now to, to how I'm going to cook my turkey. I, after 15 years, I finally figured it out. I love that for you. And the fact that now I'm freaking starving because it's, you know, 5 a.m. And I don't jump and get breakfast before we hop on, but. And that's a good, no, that's good. That's a good way to look at it. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna incorporate some of what you've told me into so doing things. So I'm gonna tell you another little tip here that apparently I am doing wrong. I didn't realize yeah. that, and maybe you can catch how I did this wrong. The question is, how do you prepare the gravy? So, do you go out to the store and you just buy a bottle of turkey gravy? Or as I told my wife, I said, I'm going to have to go buy a bottle of turkey gravy because I forgot to catch the turkey droppings to make the, the gravy. And she goes, what? Lucky. Turkey droppings? You put turkey droppings into our gravy? Apparently, yes. there's a difference between turkey droppings and turkey drippings you don't want to put turkey droppings into your gravy apparently there's not any appropriate level of turkey poop you want to put into your gravy i did not I, good gravy <laughs> it's a good, really bad pun good 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 gravy windy you gotta be very careful with your choice of words yeah you do it's drippings That's, not droppings right it is the the that lovely concoction at the bottom of the turkey pan, if that's what you're cooking in. We'll, we'll sometimes do a turkey roaster outside. We'll plug in our outdoor roaster and we'll okay. roast a turkey in there. And then we'll use a ladle and just get all of that sweet, sweet juice that drips off the turkey. And we'll take that and we'll throw it in and we'll make a roux and make, make, um, make a nice little gravy out of that. But you do not. And I'm talking to you at home. You do not go buy turkey gravy at the store. You don't. It does man. not come in a glass jar. It is not made by Heinz or whoever. You don't do that. You put that down and you put that back. You put that back on the shelf now. You make your turkey gravy. You are every right. Time. Every it, time. And it, I, we had to go buy a bottle of turkey gravy. And ironically, we actually bought the Heinz one because it was on sale. There's probably a reason why it was on sale. Two for five. And bucks. that's why the Chiefs lost. I'm telling you right now, that right there. That is why the Chiefs lost. That, that makes sense. All right. Well, they uh, so that's how you smoke a turkey. 
hey, tune in next Delicious. week and we will do whatever other choice of meat right. you want. Like, do you now, ever, how do you smoke ham? I have no idea. Oh, no. Well, smoking ham is very similar to like smoking any sort of other red meats. Um, but do you make a gravy when you smoke a brisket or if you smoke like, uh, like some prime rib in the big, in the big block of it, do you make a gravy out of the, the juices from that? That's the I, real thing. I have not done that yet. I will try you to do that. I always oh make my, my meat without anything to capture the drippings. Oh, so yes, maybe I need to do that. Yeah. Next time you smoke a brisket, um, after you depend, I don't know if you sear. Some people sear and then smoke. It, it, it's all your thing. Put it in one of those metal tins. Okay. And just and just do it in that, and then you have all you catch all of that excess. Um, drippings so can i smoke it then for the first let's just say two hours so it gets a nice ring mm -hmm. to it and then put it into the tin to capture yep. the drippings that that actually makes sense because at that point yeah. in time it's not going to start dripping until after a couple hours it hasn't gotten right. hot enough yet yeah and then you you take all of those dripping you can make an au jus like if you're gonna do a french dip you can make an au jus out of it you can make a nice brown gravy you can do all sorts of things man the the beauty of smoking and the beauty of cooking meat is that you can use every single milli ounce of of everything from that piece of meat to create an absolutely just extravagant meal. We are now going to turn this podcast into a cooking podcast. We should, I, hey, I'm, I'm all about that. <laughs> Law, cooking, sports, it's all there, man. It's, it's all, all there. there. Hey, speaking of turkeys, let's Ooh. talk about the Chiefs game last night because we have several Turkey nominees. It was a brutal oh game. People here in Kansas City are panicking over that horrendous game last night. Mm -hmm. And just to do a quick recap, the Chiefs lost 21-17. I don't believe we even scored a point in the second half. It was it, brutal. It didn't. And is, is it time for panic, Chris? Or is it time no. that we should have some patience? Panic or patience always patience with the chiefs right we and we've talked about this for years andy reed always has something in his pocket for later in the season and they're always going to give more in the playoffs it the the chiefs have secured a place in the playoffs looking at their division and looking at what the afc looks like right now especially with burrow going out and josh allen performing as well as he is so they lost to the eagles in the regular season it happens, right? Any given Sunday, you could you can attribute so many things that to the the uh, the Kansas City loss. It could have been Mahomes taking off the throttle. It could have been, you know, Kelsey's fumble or dropping passes. It could have been the drop pass there at the end of the game. But you know, the the Chiefs are going to find their way. They're going to put it together. It just well, it's it, a regular season loss, and they're still they're still you know leading their division. I do agree Just, that if you're going to lose a game, this is the one to lose. And I, I almost wonder if right. if our brilliant coach, Andy Reid, I'm not going to say he coaches to lose the game. He would never do that. But I think there are times he does not bring his A-plus game to a particular right. game. And this one would be right. a classic example. Remember several years ago, the Chiefs played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers during the regular season. We throttled them. We annihilated them. We, we mm -hmm. embarrassed them. It was, it was yeah, an yeah, amazing yeah. display of, of offensive uh, uh, firepower. Yeah, we yeah. then played the, that same team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in the Super Bowl, and we got embarrassed in that Super mm -hmm. Bowl. Tampa Bay whipped us up. How do you? I think it makes a difference. You want to coach so that you are strongest at the end of the year during the Super Bowl. I think Andy Reid coaches for the Super Bowl not to win a non-conference game in the middle of the right, season. Right. So did he? Did he deliberately sabotage last night's game? Of course not. But. You also did not see the offensive creativity that you normally would see from Andy Reid in a really big game. That being well, said, Chiefs fans, back away from the bridge. Get get off the, uh, <laughs> the, the cliff here because let me just tell you one quick stat about last night. We lost 21-17, but okay. it very easily could have been a 38-21 thrashing. If the yep. score had been 38 to 21, we would all be saying, mm -hmm. wow, the Chiefs are dynamite. They are going to plow right ahead to the Super Bowl. 
And he said, mm-hmm. well, Joel, yeah, it's easy to say, throw out a number that the Chiefs could have scored another three touchdowns. No, no, I'm saying they had those three touchdowns, but for three right, 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 absolutely yeah. boneheaded decisions. Let's go with the first one. You had uh, Patrick Mahomes through that really bad pass in the end zone. Whenever you have a turnover yep. in the end zone, that could have been seven points the other That's way. Seven, yeah. Maybe th- at least three points the other way with a field goal. But that was, the guy was mm-hmm. wide open. He just missed him. He threw the ball too far to the inside. It was a little, a little mm-hmm. bit short. That's not your typical Patrick Mahomes pass. That right there right. would have been seven points for Kansas City. Then you had Travis Kelsey's fumble. Now, Chris, it would be really easy to blame this loss on Taylor Swift. And I want to blame Taylor Swift, but because there's no. all this catastrophe down there in Brazil, I'm not going to do it, but no. she should have been there. Uh, Travis Kelsey looked distracted. He looked like his mind was not in this game. And that fumble is 100% on Travis Kelsey slash Taylor Swift. You, you can't fumble the ball there at the five-yard line. You just cannot. And Chris, let me just explain to you why I'm so upset. Because I will watch this play several times. Travis Kelsey catches that ball. He's running yep. to the five-yard line. There is a defensive guy standing right there mm-hmm. waiting for him. It was like he came from the blind side. He was right there in front of Travis Kelsey. You know it. I know it. The entire world knows what is coming. The defender's going to punch it. Why? What else is he going to do? I mean, he's just sitting there waiting. So, right. Travis Kelsey, go down. Right, don't invite that contact. You're probably not going to score. But whatever you do, tuck that ball in, turn, make mm-hmm. sure the guy does not get a clean shot at the football. He did not do that. He just let the football right out there, totally exposed. The guy took one punch right at the heart of the football. You can't do that. It reminds me of the fumble Travis Kelsey did a couple of years ago against Cincinnati, also during the second half, during a crucial part of the uh-huh. game, when you're trying to pull away, and he was, he was striving for extra yards there in the middle of the field. No, sometimes it's just not worth it. Do the right thing. Don't be distracted. This Taylor Swift, this one's on you. He is distracted now. And and just, mm. just go down. Protect that ball. Chris, that is on Travis Kelsey. I mean, yeah, he fumbled the ball, but wow. That was that was qu- qu- quite quite the assessment there, Joel. Second I need to walk you back from a bridge here real quick. Like <laughs> that's the second you know, touchdown. We're, we're allowed to have we're allowed to have off days in our jobs. That's that's what I'm saying. We're, I mean, but you're pretty fired up over over Travis, not not, you know, just making it. I, hmm. Yes, Travis, I bro, you 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 fumbled it. It it sucked. It, it could have been a touchdown. I'm going to give Travis a little more credit than that because I look at the game, right? And I know there's a third touchdown coming. I know there is. Um, I'm looking at the game, and I mean, it, at least from my vantage point on my couch in, you know, my area is that it was raining for pretty much the entire game. It was, I, so I, I dried my I, dogs off three times last mm-hmm. night. Yep. So I'm going to, I'm going to assume a couple things. One Andy Reed said, don't be a hero. It is a rainy game. Don't try to strive for extra things. Don't, don't do anything super outrageous. Cause you may slip. The ball's going to slip. We can't have an injury in the middle of a rainy game against the Eagles. So I'm going to say Andy Reid played smart football. I'm going to say that that punch, because I watched the replay several times, because that's what, you know, local channels do. They put the replay on there. It was just perfect storm. I think Travis had the ball in there. You're right. He should have tucked in a little bit tighter. He probably could have locked down a little bit more in his body and pushed through the defender. Travis is a much larger gentleman than the safety that was standing there, scared as Travis came barreling at him. But the guy got a a good punch in there and it slipped off on the water. And, and, and that was that like Travis, get your head in Sunday. the game. Stop. I think his head's in the game. His head's right? I think it's, I think it, I think it's, I think that's one of the things about the Kelsey brothers that I do really like is that they have all these distractions going on, but when they're playing, they're playing. They're, they're consummate professionals. And I don't think the Taylor Swift being in Brazil thing is playing into, I'm not, I'm not giving Taylor that power over my sport. Well, let's go over the third. Let's go over the third touchdowns. That was the second one. The third one was in the final two minutes of the game. Now Kansas City has the ball. We are down four. We're going to win the game with a final push. It's it's, we're watching um, it. It's it's, beautiful. Second down and ten for whatever. 
Mahomes puts the ball perfectly, throws it right to Marquez Valdez Scantling. I could have caught that. If you it were a twelve-pound turkey, you would have you would have caught it. It would not have slipped through your hands. Right there in his hands. I mean, you could not have placed mm-hmm. that ball any better. Right there on the no. numbers. It just went right through his hands. And, and yeah, you can say yep. the lights. You know what? There are lights every single game that are on. So you, you can't blame you the lights in that light situation. Control. It's right in your hands. That was the third touchdown. So, but for those three things happening the way they happened, this mm-hmm. would have been a blowout and no one would be worried. So do so my final takeaway is Kansas City. Just relax. This is the same Kansas City Chiefs that won two Super Bowls, went to three, five straight championship games there for the in the AFC championship yeah. game. We are going to be there. There is no one else there in the AFC to really challenge us. This was a bad result. Right. But if you're going to lose, this is not a bad game to lose. Any other thoughts about the Chiefs game before I make my transition? My one thought is, is, there's something that you touched on right there, and I don't know if we're ready to head that direction, but there's no one other in the AFC that can can challenge the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Right. Right? There, it, it, who, who? It's astounding. It's astounding to me how... Give me a team that can challenge right, the two Chiefs. Two years ago, right? Two years ago, it was Bengals-Bills. Oh, Last I, year I, was Bengals-Bills. I hate the but Bengals. Not the Bengals now. scare me. Not now. Not now. But yes. why? Joe Burrow's out. He's out for the year. Why? Why would the Bengals scare you when you, there's there there's literally? I mean, and I don't want like Mahomes and Maato to get such big heads that they think that they're the unstoppable force because then that's when Tua is going to come up and Tyreek Hill is going to smoke them in a game because they're going to be like it's the Dolphins. Um, but like it's it's hard. It's it so looking s- at their fiefdom of the AFC. They're high, so high, Cincinnati high up on the hog. Is done right because it's, it's not the Cincinnati Bengals; it's the Cincinnati Burrows, and now he is out mm-hmm. for the year, so their their team is done. Yep. I'm not sure they're even going to play the rest of their season, uh, the rest of their games. They, yeah, they're already underdogs. Team. Wait, the the I think that's my favorite part about Cincinnati is that when I was looking at it, they're already underdogs against who are they playing this week? The Steelers. Yes, the Steelers are, are well. I mean, the Steelers are doing great this season, anyways, with Mike Tomlin. But now you're going from AFC almost Super Bowl contention to being the underdogs. They are done in less than a week. Yeah. So yeah, who else out. in the AFC? Throw me on team. Uh, how about the no. Ravens? No. If you watch the Ravens, uh, their quarterback is not a fourth quarter quarterback. He always no. fumbles the ball, finds some way to lose the big game. I am not worried at all about the Ravens. Now, I guess could the Ravens no, beat either. the Chiefs if we drop passes all day long? Yes, we could Absolutely. lose that game, but we can obviously that's going to be our biggest issue. You learn how to catch the ball. But as far as who else is there in the AFC, I'm not worried about nope. the Ravens. What about nope. The Cleveland Browns, they are they are starting to play nope. well of late. Deshaun, man, he's gone. He's gone. Deshaun for the Watson's the out for the season. Yeah, yeah, they're done. The Steelers, yeah. they have a decent record, but the Steel, come on, can he pick it? Come no, on, no, they don't scare me at all. Not worried right? about them. Who else do we have? The Miami Dolphins. That they that's are, a maybe. They, they, that's, that's a maybe. The closest. They've that's yet to be the closest. They've yet to beat a uh, team with a winning record. So there's that. Right. So, um. But that's it. Yeah. So um, I'll tell you who, I, who I'm actually afraid of right now. If you were to say, Joel, what team are you most fearful of playing in the postseason? This might shock you. The Denver Broncos. They actually scare me right now. They are, that's right. They are figuring it out. They got a coach who's won the Super Bowl. They were embarrassed early on this year, but they've now won five yeah. straight games. They have a quarterback who has won the Super Bowl. So they have a coach who's won the Super Bowl, a quarterback who's won the Super Bowl. Yep. And now they have a 500 record. So they can make a push. Well, they have to win, what, the next four games? The next four or five to make the playoffs? They could do it. They, they could, could, they could do, do it. it. I believe they are five they and five it. right now. And they so are. they actually, they finished 12 and five. They, they're, they're, they're not winning the division. The Chiefs are going to win the division, but man, they are right but there. But they're a shoe in. I, yeah, I, they're, they're a shoe in. Yeah, I am very fearful, actually, wow. of yeah. the Denver Broncos. If you're going to ask me who do I actually fear most, it would be it would be uh, Russell Wilson because he has won the Super Bowl and their their coach, Sean Payton, who also has won a Super Bowl, plus they would be on an extreme mm-hmm. role. But that being they said, are. I'm not really worried about any of them. If we play our game, and trust me, Kansas City fans, we will play our game um, because... Right. 
uh, Andy Reid. He, he's a genius. He 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 coaches forty chess. He actually already is thinking about <laughs> the Super Bowl in mind in in Week Eleven. He he is. He 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 knows we might play the Eagles again in the Super Bowl. I'm not going to show my hand right now. This game really right. is meaningless to the Chiefs. It's a non-conference game, so there's going to be right. no tiebreaker advantage here. We still have to beat the other teams on our schedule to um to you know have the tiebreaker advantage and it's where it makes right. a difference in the standings. Uh, Andy Reid coaches 40 chess, and I am not worried about this loss. So despite my earlier craziness, I actually am in a mm -hmm. really good position. And the Chiefs, let's get off that bridge. Move back from that cliff, and things are going to be all right. Whereas I'm over here just dying in the NFC because all of a sudden, like, NFC has a bunch of contenders, right? I mean, I'm going to go Niners all day long. Niners broke their three-game losing streak. Brock Purdy's, you know, he's back in that saddle. But you got the 8-2 and two Lions who haven't been 8-2 yes. and two since, you know, the Civil Rights Movement. Um, You got the Cowboys, who I loathe. But they're doing fantastic. What are they, seven and three right now? Yeah, and I think? as long as they can play in the playoffs, teams with losing records, right. they're going to be fine. Right. Exactly. That's exactly where it's at. I mean, Jacksonville, seven and three. They're in the Come AFC, on, man. You got, yeah. You got um, the Eagles. You got, I mean, it is. It is insane in the NFC right now where I'm at. Like in the NFC, you have three teams that actually scare me right now: in the Philadelphia right. Eagles, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Detroit right. Lions. Those three teams, all I could not tell you who is going to be the favorite to win that conference right now. So those are three solid teams. Yeah. Where in the AFC, I think it's clearly the Kansas City Chiefs. I think, um, I think Detroit's going to surprise us all the way through, and. I would be okay mentally, emotionally. I would be okay if Detroit represented in the Super Bowl this year. I would be okay with the Niners not going and Detroit going. I think I would be okay with that. They have. A I would not be okay with Eagles or Cowboys again, but I, I would be okay with Detroit. I, I like Detroit. Uh, Detroit, I, I like their coach. He is a gutsy coach. He mm -hmm. makes the right calls when he when the when the calls yeah, yeah. needed to be made. Like the last week during the game, it was fourth down there. He could have kicked a field goal. He decided nope. not to kick a field goal and decided to go for it uh, on fourth down. When, that way he could just kneel the ball down, and they won the game. I mean, that was a gutsy call yeah. that he made. I like their coach. Their quarterback, I believe, has won the Super Bowl when he was with the Rams, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe they lost that Super Bowl. I'm really, I'm, my memory now lost. is kind of failing me. They lost to the, the Patriots, didn't they? They did. Yes, that's right. But Goff, is a, he, is a, he, is a cal he is a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Yes. Just on the Detroit Lions, which were not a Super Bowl caliber team. Super Bowl, super ah, Super Bowl caliber team until recently. All right, so we are going to not overreact to this loss and just say this is part of one of the games. It will be quickly mm -hmm. forgotten. All right, let's now transition to because we are getting to this time of year. It's almost here where universities and NFL teams kind of lose oh, their yeah. collective minds and start firing their coaches. And yep. uh, recently here, Texas A&M fired their oh, coach, Jimbo Fisher. Chris, I don't get this firing for so many reasons. I think this firing represents what is wrong and bad with collegiate sports. So let me just kind of state my case here. First of all, let's look at his record. He was the coach at Texas A&M. So he coaches in the SEC, which is apparently a dynamite conference. I say apparently because I'm, I'm not going to buy into that. There's a lot of problems with the SEC. Right. Number one, they don't play all, each other. But that being said, in the coaching, even though he's coaching in the SEC, his record was 45 and 25. That's not hey, that bad. Record? That's a pretty nope, good winning record. Winning record. Considering the likes of you share the same conference with Georgia, with Alabama, mm -hmm. with LSU, with Ole Miss, with Tennessee. Yep. That's a decent conference. Yep. And that's you a have a 45 and 25 record. This year, he had a five and three uh record. Uh not not too, Start, too bad, yeah. not too shabby. And let's look at their losses this year. Their losses this year actually had four losses. He lost to Miami, which was probably a bad loss there. 
He lost yeah. to Alabama uh, 26-20. Okay. Not a bad loss. Lost to nope. Tennessee 20-13, seven-point loss. Mm-hmm. Not that bad. Lost to Ole Miss 38-35, a three-point loss. Ooh. The loss. So those aren't bad losses. Those are all within a score. Now, yep. the loss to Miami was 48-33, so that's a 15-point loss. But that's early in the season. Yep. Yeah. That's not a bad year. Those are close games that can not, go either yeah. way. He only lost to Alabama by six points. Right. None. And right, then right. they just beat Mississippi State 51-10. to 10. Okay, you got this? Not good enough. Not good enough. So they fire Jimbo Fisher. They fire him mm-hmm. for this record, for his record, for this season. And they thought, you know, even though we just extended your contract two years ago in 2021, they gave him a contract yeah. extension because they were afraid the LSU was going to hire him. They extended yep. his contract two years ago. So they had to pay him $76 million. Chris, this is yeah. a public university where people pay tuition dollars. People pay taxes to this university mm-hmm. here. They're going to pay off their college football coach who has a 45 and 25 record, $76 million to not coach their team. And this, by the way, if you're a lawyer thinking, oh, well, there's mitigation of damages. Apparently in this contract, it was written such that there is going to be no mitigation of damages. They got to pay out $76 million, even if he gets a head coaching job tomorrow Somewhere at Alabama. Yep. Or anywhere. Or the Las Vegas Raiders. Right. Or Anywhere. They're paying anywhere, out $76 anywhere. million dollars to a coach with a winning record to not coach their team. I read a stat somewhere. It's like $24,000 a day for eight years. Wow. The, <laughs> the median income of a Texan is 22000 a year. So this guy, for the next eight years, every single day, will make more money than the median income of a Texan. Who do they think they're going to get at Texas A&M? I mean, so in other words, unless you get a mm-hmm. Nick Saban who actually wins the national championship, right? we're going to fire you? Is, is that the standard now? In the SEC, which is allegedly the yeah. biggest, best conference in America by far, unless you dominate that conference, we're going to fire you. Whatever. It's A&M, too. Like, come on. They're not even in the conversation. Well, they're not even in the conversation for a national championship. But look at this year. Right? Those three losses. It's the other Texas school. It's the other Texas school that's in the conversation. So I think A&M is just jealous and trying to compete with Texas. I don't understand. It must be. It must be a Texas thing yeah. about football. We don't like being the the, the second stepchild right. or whatever in the state. But whatever, they lost you're still to better than Sam Houston. Yeah, you're still better than Sam Houston State. Come on. I, I, I or you So that's the first thing I don't understand. Why would you fire your coach who does have a winning record? It actually is a good coach. And by the way, Jimbo Fisher did win a national title with Florida State. So it's not as if he doesn't have the pedigree. He just Ooh. had a couple bad games that probably could have gone either way. And, and they end up, yeah. you know, right there being in the national championship conversation. Nope, let's mm-hmm. fire that coach. All right. So, Chris, yeah. here's the next thing I, I can't stand about the media. Now the talk <laughs> is, well, who's going to be the next head coach of Texas A&M? Yeah. I mean, first of all, why would anyone coach at Texas A&M. They just fired their coach. I I guess you could say, Joel, here's a reason why. $76 million. So that's... 70... (laughs) Joe, I would like to coach at Texas A&M. Chris Marone, zero coaching experience on the collegiate level, but would would love... Hook them horns. Yes. Hook them horns. Let's go. <laughs> Wrong team. But, yes, I, I get that. <laughs> that would get you fired on, on day one for cause, name not exactly. dying. But... Exactly. When, when it comes to... um. Uh, you know, attractiveness of job. So why would a coach take this job? So let's let's just separate us out of this equation because, yes, I know $76 million, mm-hmm. but they're only going to hire coaches who already are getting paid multi-millions of dollars from other universities. Right. So let's take a look at Kansas coach Lance Leipold. He's a good example. He is coaching yep. now at KU in the Big 12. And here's yep. the, the, the question I want to throw out there. It's going to be also relevant when we talk about the Michigan job and the Michigan State job. What yeah. is a better coaching job to coach at Texas A&M or to mm-hmm. coach at KU? 
I mean, we're talking what? football, obviously basketball, right. another equation. But what? Right, basketball is a whole different beast. What would be a better um, job to coach at KU or to coach right. at Texas A&M? Well, and I'm going to bring in a third coach here because I think he summed it up best, which was the coach of Oregon, right? Where he said there was zero chance of going to Texas A&M. Yes. Because of the program, because of the support, because of the likelihood of winning a championship. Like, you are not set up to succeed if you go to A&M now. You're not. There's the, the only level, the only measure of success will be a national championship. Everything else is a fireable offense. Whereas a place like KU, you're building. A, K, a place like your your beloved Cornhuskers, right? You are you are building something. I We saw that a lot here at ASU. With the, I mean, how many coaches did ASU go through in the past five years? I think we've had three. And it's because the goal is a national championship and a program that is not yet built for national and championships. I think if, you, if we're talking about the KU job, Lance Leipold, yeah, KU, I think yep, he KU has a better shot of winning a national title. So that's what, that's what it's he all does. about for these coaches, winning the national right. title. Because they're going to get paid millions. And Lance Leipold could go to KU and say, hey, look, I'm getting mm-hmm. this offer from Texas A&M. I'm getting this offer from Michigan State. Pony up right. here. He could do that, and mm-hmm. KU would find the money. So it's not about the money. It's right. about winning the national championship. And I think it's for these coaches, they have a better shot at winning the national championship at KU than at a place like Texas A&M. That you might be laughing at. I fully it's agree. It's absolutely no, idiotic agree. And crazy. You agree? I totally agree Let's... because look at the level of scrutiny that KU gives you, or not KU. I apologize. That A and M gives you the level. You're not going to be. You're not going to have the free reign to coach the team or field the team that you think is going to win a national championship as a head coach. You're now going to be death by committee. Yes. And every decision that you make is going to be second guessed on whether or not the twelfth man foundation is going to fire you this week or not. Can you even? There's ha- n- there's no faith. Right. Can you? Do you even have the time to rebuild your program to do the things that's no. necessary to have a great magical season? Right. You're not man. coach. Right. And you're not look. I I think we've ignored Coach Prime for a couple of weeks because Colorado hasn't been performing, but. That's what that's what AM's looking for right now. They're looking for a coach prime to come in there to bring a national spotlight, to recruit players from the transfer portal, build up the program, and win a national championship in under two seasons. And it, it's just not there. So if you're at a coach at, at KU, um, and I think mm-hmm. it's a, you have an easier path to the national championship than at, at a place like Texas AM, and here's the reason why. It's all about getting into the CFP. So the CFP now it's four teams, but next year it's going to be twelve. So let's let's look at now the right. twelve team uh, CFP. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're, you're going to have so first of all the conference championship of the four major conferences used to be five, but now mm-hmm. four. They're all going to get an automatic in. I think right. if you're looking at the twelve teams that are going to be in the CFP starting next year, let's just say you got three teams from the SEC. They're a lock. They're going to go three teams. Three teams from the Big Ten, they're a lock. They're going to go. And then that leaves the ACC and the Big 12. I think both of those conferences will get two teams in. It just gets really hard when you're looking at an SEC team with four losses compared to a Big 12 team with only two losses. I mean, it gets really Mm -hmm. hard to put the four-loss team over the two-loss team just because of the number of losses. It's just going to be to the eye test. It'd be really hard to turn down the Big 12 team with two losses. And I think it's easier right. to go through the Big 12 with only two losses as compared to going to the SEC with four losses. And so I think the Big 12, you're going to be able to get two teams in. And by the way, if you're doing your math, if you have three teams from the SEC, three teams from the Big 10, two from the ACC, and two from uh, the Big 12, I believe that comes mm-hmm. to 10 teams in the 12 team CFP. Well, under the, the rules of the CFP, the next conference out there gets their conference champion in as well. So that's going to take up the yeah. next spot. Then that leaves one spot for Notre Dame if they're having a decent year or one other team to go amongst any yeah, of the random. other conferences. I think right. it'd be easier. You have an easier path to get to the national championship being the top two or top three teams from the Big 12 as compared to being the top three or top four from the SEC? No, you do, because, I mean, you're going to get that spot from the Big 12, but 
the SEC and ACC have monster teams that are going to be fighting over their three spots. So I say dump all of them into the, the, the SEC, right? I want them all there. And so that way Georgia, Alabama, and Texas can come out. And those are the only ones that are coming out of the SEC. I mean, look who now is going to be in the SEC next year. You're going to have Alabama. You're going to have Georgia. You're going to have LSU. Mm-hmm. You're going to have Tennessee. Yep. Now you're adding yep. to that Texas and you're adding to that Oklahoma. That's already what five, six teams. Let's throw in Auburn. Yeah. Let's throw in a it, it's throw Clemson really, in their direction. Is, yeah, not, do whatever. Not, yeah, keep Clemson out. But you're, you're talking <laughs> about a really crowded conference. You're only going to be able to give out yeah. three, maybe four spots. You know, to mm-hmm. those teams, they're not all going to get it every year. As compared to being in the Big Twelve, who are you? Who are you competing with? Well, again, I love right. the Big Twelve, but Kansas State. Oklahoma State. I'm going to love when Georgia like dips out and goes to the Pac-12. Oh, that would be great if that would happen. Right? Like all of a sudden Alabama's playing, you know, ASU and U of U and all that's like all of a sudden out of nowhere. Alabama's like, I'm leaving the SEC. Oh, I would We're going to go ahead happen. and go dominate the West Coast. So I think it's better. It's a better coaching position to be coaching mm-hmm. in a place like KU than in totally. the SEC. So I think, hey, Michigan State, uh, you know, um, Michigan, I won't say Michigan, uh, but, you know, Texas yeah. A&M, keep your hands off uh, KU's coach. All right. <laughs> For sure. Before we get to our picks for this upcoming week, uh, let's talk a little bit of legal news. I know this is Thanksgiving week. We're having a little bit more of a laid back kind of podcast, but there is some Mm -hmm. legal news out there. It's a story that's been going on now and we've kind of, we've ignored it for a couple of weeks, but I think it bears mentioning because it does relate to what we've just been talking about, but the NCAA is now facing NIL name, image and likeness lawsuits from former players for back pay. This is really yep. scary to the NCAA. So we've already talked about previously how the NCAA has committed antitrust violations by not allowing NIL type of payments to go to their players. That's a serious issue that they violated the Antitrust Act. The Supreme Court ruled on a very similar issue, nine to zero, and there was concurring opinion there where I believe as Kavanaugh said, look, these rules by the NCAA are very suspect. We know this issue is not in front of us, but if it were, it would be very troubling. So this idea that the NCAA has violated athletes' rights under the antitrust act by not allowing them to get nil payments is very suspect so now a lawsuit has been brought and there was a motion to dismiss that was filed saying look um this is not an antitrust violation you should dismiss this right out of hand the federal court denied that motion to dismiss which means this case against the ncaa for Mm -hmm. back pay by former athletes is now going forward Chris, this is huge. This could result in a damage against the NCAA to the tune of $1.3 billion. Hold on. $1.3 billion, but because billion there are trouble damages, times three. Right. That's what? With a B. $4.2 billion? NCAA is going to be on it. And I think, I mean, looking at some of the merits of the case, looking at what's going on, um, I would... I mean, if I was the NCA, I'd be trying to figure out how to settle. I know back at the beginning of November, um, they got classified as a class action suit, yes. which is awesome, right? Uh, I also love that it was started by like a random swimmer from ASU and like a random basketball player from TCU. Wait, wait are you are you behind of, this lawsuit? ASU? No, ooh, just saying, just saying. But when you think NIL deals, do you think of swimmers? No. Right. When you think of name, image and likeness and how a school uses that to promote their programs, you would go an ASU swimmer. Why? But then just just quick off shot. Do you know who the coach of the swim team is at ASU right now? No. Michael Phelps. No. I was going to throw out there. Michael Phelps as a joke. Nope. Michael Phelps is the coach of the ASU Sun Devil swim team. Wow. For those of you who don't know who Michael Phelps is, he's the most decorated Olympian of all time. Uh, 28 gold medals, something like that. He is the swim coach here at a, well, I'm not at ASU anymore, but at ASU. Yeah. Michael and Phelps so, probably could also win gold this year if he decided to, to train. Absolutely. The guy is in, well, I don't know because the uh, Olympic committee has a prohibition against marijuana <laughs> and Michael Phelps is a, is a self-promoted 
avid user of um, CBD to treat his depression. There you also go. a big thing here in Arizona. But he could train, and he could win, and he would be amazing. But you have this random ASU swimmer, a TCU uh, basketball player who didn't really play much for TCU, but they still used his NIL. And they are the ones that started all this hullabaloo back in the t- the 2020 time, the COVID year. And I think it has legs. I think that it's going to take it because they have now over, was it um, a thousand players signed on to this, into this class action lawsuit and four point something billion dollars are on the line. This is going to take it. This is going to go the distance. This potentially could bankrupt the NCAA. It's a significant, huge hit. A settlement does have to happen, but wow. How do you settle a case if you're the NCAA when you're talking billions of dollars going out of your, your back pocket? Well, it couldn't have happened mm-hmm. to a nicer group of people. So that's another case to, right. be, to be watching. It's a real case. It's just not one of these frivolous cases that has been filed, has no shot of success. No, it's already gotten past the motion to dismiss stage. And so this is a real threat because we already know what the Supreme Court thinks about this whole antitrust issue mm-hmm. in regards to the NCAA rules. All right, so Chris, oh, yeah. we've been talking a lot of uh, sports. Let's let's talk some more sports. And let's do some picks uh, because why not? This is and let, let's talk about gambling in general because so far this season, my record is thirty six, thirty seven, and three. That means I am okay. not exactly making bank, but nope. that also means let's say I bet. You know, uh, ten dollars a game. There's, so I would have probably bet about eight hundred dollars in all of these games. It means I would have lost about ten bucks. Yep. Uh, right. Right. Your your record is twenty seven thirty and two. That means you would have lost about thirty bucks over the course bucks. of an entire season. Chris, I went to a Nebraska game a couple of weeks ago, and I spent you know over a couple hundred bucks for the whole uh, kit and caboodle. So spending wow. 10 bucks, spending 30 bucks for a season's worth of enjoyment in watching games, is that money wasted? Is that money well spent? Because when you do bet money on a game, you're more invested in the game. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on is that is that money well spent or is that money just that you lit a fire to? Well, right. It's, it's all on how you look at it. Right, I think it's money well spent. I I enjoy looking at it. it. Gives you a little skin in the game. The times that I've gone to Vegas while we've been on this podcast, and it seems every football season I end up at Vegas once or twice, taking our bets to the bank. And luckily, over the past three seasons that we've done this, they've been weeks that we've been pretty good, and I've okay. I've won a little bit of money. I remember it was the Niners game this last year. It was Niners Cowboys? We had to cover the spread, and then the year before that, it was the Army Navy game. Um, where I've won a little bit of money and it's been, it's been fun, but also, man, I spent 30 bucks. Like we went to dinner last night, my mom, my wife and I, and we spent 80 bucks at dinner and we could have spent 30 bucks at home eating food that we had at our house, but we had a good time. We talked, we laughed, we, we tried different things on the menu. Like we just had a good time. Was that $80 well spent? Maybe, maybe not, but I mean, 30 bucks is 30. Like, I guess if I would, in my younger years, when I wasn't such a financially savvy man, $30 could break you. Right. Or back in the day, 30 bucks was a tank of gas. I think the danger, and uh, but, Kurt Warner, yeah. who's one of my favorite players and a great Christian man, great, uh, he great does man. his ad out there where he talks about gambling, sports gambling, and his take is just don't chase your losses. And I understand right. what that means. There's this idea of doubling down because if you continually double down on your bets, event, and they're all 50-50 kind of bets, eventually, right, if it's 50-50, you're going to win, and you will win all your money back. So this idea you just double down, double down, double down, double down. Let's say you lose six in a row. Well, the seventh one, you now want all your money back. So it's almost like this, this insurance, if you will, yeah. on, on covering your bets to make sure you never lose money. It doesn't work that way. If you chase your bets, you chase your losses like that, eventually you will get to the point where that last bet is a really high number. Let's just say it's 5,000. Let's say it's $10,000 because you were keep doubling and doubling and doubling. And eventually that gets pretty high. Now Mm -hmm. you're talking, I can't make the mortgage payment if you lose that last bet. Or I can't make, you know, that's a serious impact in your, your, your money financial situation. And so he's just don't, 
chase your losses. Chris, I wonder if that's, if that's easier said than done for some of these addictive personalities. Do people really chase their losses? And yeah, we were, oh, we're yeah. talking about how this could be fun. It's just 10 bucks here, 10 bucks there. It's just the cost of entertainment. But is there a real downside here of people who are chasing their losses and going broke? I mean, look at how popular Vegas is or Reno is. Look at, and I don't know if this is a big thing where you're at, but we have 12 tribal casinos in Arizona. Okay. What supports that? What, how, how are 12 tribal casinos in Arizona like booming? Because people are going in there and losing money every single day. It's they're not going because in there they're every single, that's right. They're not winning. Yeah. They are leaving it, more money behind yeah. than they are taking with them. That's why they build these, you know, monstrosities. Make, yeah. You think that like, if you look at the, so the F1 race, we didn't talk about that much. The F1 race that happened in Vegas this last week, right? Why did the most, the absolute richest, richest sport on the planet come to Las Vegas? Because that's where more money can be made. It's where more money can be lost. Vegas makes it incentive-wise. You think that the F1 race was the, the main attraction? Yeah. But how much money was spent ancillary to the F1 race? Tickets were 500 bucks, 800 bucks. Great. A hot dog was 30 bucks. Great. How much did each casino along the strip bag because people stayed, they gambled, they ate, they lost? all these rich people from all over the world buying penthouse suites and all that stuff. Like the casinos print money, like absolutely print money. And so there are so many people that just go and dump their life savings in a quarter machine day after day. Well, let's go over this week's picks. I think we are establishing that this is not a way to make money. It might be a way to entertain yourselves as long as, again, as mm -hmm. Kurt Warner said, don't go chasing your losses. All right. <clears throat> so All let's right. go over this week's game. And by the way, this is the greatest, one of the greatest weeks for football. Thanksgiving oh, week, you got a full slate of games on Thursday. You got a game on Friday, college football on Saturday, and more you NFL know, on Sunday. And by the way, while this is all going on, no work is needed to be done because <laughs> it's, it's everyone's on holiday. All right. I'm, I'm uh, Detroit Packers. Let's talk about that game. Detroit is on the move. They are playing well. They now are definitely a Super Bowl contender, if not a favorite. They're playing yep. the Green Bay Packers, who are floundering. Uh, the spread is seven and a half points. Chris, I'm going to take Detroit to cover the seven and a half. I hate the seven and a half spread because that means you got to win by right. more than spread. a touchdown. But I'm going to take Detroit over the Packers. Are you taking that game? I I, I am. And do I think Detroit's going to win? Absolutely. But man, did they struggle against the Bears? The Bears, Joel. They struggled against Justin Fields, which, by the way, after Justin Fields' little shimmy dance on the sideline at the Detroit game, I was so happy to watch him get stuffed right there in that last play into a safety. Man, did that make me feel good. That is nice. And maybe Justin Fields isn't the problem when we're looking at the Bears at this point. But I think, like, I, man, it's it's rough because seven and a half points, The I don't think the Lions have been dominating in their victories i just think they're getting victories seven it's seven tough. and a half i'm gonna take the packers you know I'm what vegas, take the Packers plus 7.5 there you go vegas knows what it's doing when it sets these numbers i always find it amazing they how do. most of the games end up right along that line oh my All gosh right. so close. this one does not make any sense to me i i did i write this down correctly the steelers are one point favorite over the Bengals, one point over the Bengals. Right. I, I got to take the Steelers. The Bengals are floundering. They don't have a quarterback. Oh, for they're sure. Actually, they're going to play sure. this game without a quarterback, and so it's going to be the first time in the NFL history. Mm -hmm. And the Steelers, they're the Steelers, and they, this is a right. conference, a division rival. I'm going to take the Steelers to win this game, a one point. Last I checked, Chris, you can't win a game by a half a point. So if you think a team right. is going to win, you really can't lose money. on this one. I'm going to take right. Steelers. I'm going to take right. Steelers as well. Mike Tomlin is a second half season kind of guy. I think right. he's going to come through. I think Kenny Pickett is, is, is feeling the groove doing the bull dance. I think that the Steelers are going to come and the Bengals. Come on, man. No Joe Burrow. 
They've and you have it. a yeah, and you have an offensive line that can't, you know, they're a wet paper bag. Like, come on. This next one I feel like is my lock of the week. And I, I don't like a lot of these picks, but this one I just I, I feel good about this one, and I do not know why. The Patriots are playing Ooh. the Giants, and Bill Belichick is coaching for his career. He very well Absolutely. yes. Bill Belichick might get fired after this season. That's how bad things are going for up there into New England. And and they're playing the lowly Giants. The Giants stink. I think they, they, they're down to their fifth quarterback. I don't know. They didn't even start the year with a quarterback. The Giants are a mess. If mastermind, and I'm saying that with a huge tongue in my cheek, um, Bill Belichick, the cheater, if he can't find a way to beat the Giants, uh, they might fire him yeah. this week. I mean, then I mean this, they, they Belichick will. might go to Texas A&M, right? <laughs> I mean, that could be his retirement place. Is, is no one should hire Bill Belichick. He is a cheater. But that being said, uh, yeah, 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 he's 70 years of age. He is done. Uh, yeah, let him retire. Let him let him go off with his nine Super Bowl rings and have a great life. Even though I'm kind of making fun of he's him, I don't partners. think he is near as good as what people say. He's still a decent coach. And, and they, he has yeah. to win this game. He Desperation does. He makes teams Absolutely. play better. I'm going to take the Patriots minus three over the Giants. I think I, I picked the Giants on this game, but I, hmm. It's that buyer's remorse. I don't think Danny DeVito in the pocket is really doing much for, uh, for, for, but again, like if I look at my fantasy league, I got Saquon Barkley like on my fantasy league. So I need, I need, I need to invest. So I'm going to go with the Giants, the Giants right. plus three. Just to see how it plays out. You can take Giants plus three over the Patriots. And one other yep. comment about the Patriots, I think Bears repeating here. Keep it. People are all up in arms over over uh, Jim Harbaugh there at the, the University yeah, of Michigan, yeah. you know, uh, because of the whole sign gate that someone on his staff, you know, yeah. was um, going to other people's practices and and look or games and, and watching the signs that they use on the sidelines and then somehow using that to their advantage. Oh, huge commotion over. Should Jim Harbaugh be fired for this? Well, someone reminded me recently, it's like, hold on, is this really that bad in context? Mm -hmm. Because hold right. on, Bill Belichick, what did he do? Again, not alleged. This is what he did. Before yeah. the Super Bowl against my favorite Kurt Warner's uh, quarterback's team, the, the St. Louis yeah. Cardinals at that time, he yeah. went and went to their practice and videotaped their first 14 yeah. plays. They knew the first of 14 plays that the, the um, Cardinals were going to run, the Rams were going to run. Sorry, the St. Louis Rams. Huge team. Yep. Huge controversy. That's, that's in the Super Bowl. That determined that game. The Patriots won that game because Belichick cheated. And everyone's all up in arms because Jim Harbaugh, someone on his staff, might have went to another game and learned some of their signals. But whatever. All right. Whatever. Moving on. Whatever. Minnesota over the Bears. I got Minnesota minus three and a half over the Bears. Why? Again, it's the That's Bears. I, the Bears are just That's done. a log. I, I, I feel better about that pick now. All right. Yeah, it should be. And Minnesota's perking up, man. Josh Dobbs is doing some things. Isn't that amazing? Right. I looked That's at amazing. his I looked at his stat line this last week. His 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 uh, career stat line. He has played mm -hmm. for I think ten different teams. I, I I'm, I'm not sure, but it's so many oh I couldn't God. tell you right now because there's like a lot of teams that Dobbs played for, and he apparently right. is stuck around this league, though he never sticks around at one place for too long. My next three picks are all in the collegiate ranks. Now this first all pick, right. I got to tell you, I don't understand. Iowa is playing Nebraska. All right, Chris, I don't want you to look this game up. Just know that Nebraska has a losing record. Also know that Nebraska hasn't really beaten Iowa forever. Iowa always okay. gets the better of Nebraska. Iowa, meanwhile, has a huge, like they're 9-2. and two. They have an amazing record. They are yeah. going to the postseason, the bowl game. They For are sure. looking great. Um, this also is going to be Iowa's, their head coach, his son is his offensive coordinator. He has been Aww. fired this year because of whatever reason. He can't coach offense. Reasons. This is their last game. So, again, they are so good with him that they have a tremendous winning record, yet they're firing his son. They're going to be a little ticked off. This is going to be their FU kind of game to stick it to the mm -hmm. people who are firing his son. With all that being said, who do, what do you think the line should be? Iowa 
over Nebraska. Um, or Iowa, 10? Nebraska. Who should be? Iowa Iowa favored for 10. Okay. That's what you would think, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. How about this one? Nebraska, Nebraska. is favored by two and a half points. Put the money on it. Put the money on the I table. I don't get it. Put, put the money. Put the I mean, money on the I table, I want Joel. Nebraska to win. Put the money. I'm taking Iowa plus the two and a half. I, I just have to. Yeah, you are. I have to. Joel, there's been many names that I have called you, but an idiot has never been one of them. And look, we love Nebraska. I, I love Brock Purdy's little brother. Like, we could do this all day long. But, dude. That being said, you mentioned uh, Chubba. Chubby or Chubba, whatever. Purdy, his Chubba. brother. Uh, yeah. he, he started last week for Nebraska. Yeah, he looked amazing. He is going to be our quarterback uh, next year. I I would bet because he Loving looked. It. I'm wondering now why he was not the quarterback all year long. Someone said maybe he was injured and had a groin injury. That might explain it. But he looked. <laughs> he could throw the ball on a dime. Uh, yep. He could. He looked fast. Which I mm -hmm. went to the game two weeks ago. I saw it in person. He looked extremely slow. But uh, must have been the groin injury because last week he looked fast. All right, insane. Mizzou. Minus seven and a half over Arkansas. Arkansas is a mess. And so Mizzou, I think it's going to throttle yeah. them. And then I'm taking KU a minus six and a half over Cincinnati. Those are my picks. Okay. Any picks that you want to mention? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take the Commanders plus 11 over the Cowboys. Okay. Because I need to lose that every single week. Um, Let me think. Is there someone else that I was thinking about? Uh, Browns Broncos. Browns Broncos. I'm going to go with Broncos minus 2.5 over the Browns. All right. Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's do this. Let's bring that up. And then my most controversial pick of the week is we have the Bills Eagles game coming up on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Bills are six and five. Eagles are nine and one. Eagles are only favored by three and a half points. Now they beat the Super Bowl champions last night. They did by more than that. They're the Eagles. Why are they not favored higher against this shambles of a Bills team? And I don't know. I haven't. I Sometimes haven't I think the Vegas odds makers factor in desperation and overconfidence or right. lack of days attitude. And right now, so, the Eagles don't need to win a single week. They they have their what a yeah, nine and one record. Nine and one. They're good. They're in the postseason. And the so Bills. I'm going to take the Bills plus three. These are must-win games for the Bills if they want to be in playoff discussions, yes. not even contentions. Playoff discussions. If you know, if um, Josh Allen wants to keep playing in Buffalo, he's got to win some of these big games. And I think this is the start. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope. I got some good friends that are Bills Mafia. I'm gonna hope that this game kicks them off. So I'm gonna go with Bills plus three point five over the Eagles. There you go. All right. Well, put your money on the line now. We've given you some advice and just take the opposite of everything we just said. All right. Hey, Absolutely. Chris, have a great turkey week, and we'll talk to you next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review. We need your love to help us continue highlighting the funnier side of the law. I want to give a special shout-out to our Vice President of Operations, Wendy Oster, without whom this entire operation would be a complete and utter mess. Sean Wynn and 15.5 Features for making me sound way better than I actually do. Brooke Bolin for our marketing efforts. And Ryan Kuhn and Paul Kuhn of Tribe Plus City Marketing for our technical and computer support. Mm -hmm.